and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast that covers magic, houseplants, and more. I'm Shannon. And I'm Nick. And we are your co-hosts. And today we are happy to bring you a very, very special episode, a spectacular episode, if you will. It's our second Q&A episode. Yes, and we are uh, in the same room. I know. It's like chills. Can you guys feel the energy? Oh my god, the the energy in this room. Also, we have a, a a box of plants in front of us. Yes, here. ASMR of us touching the box. Yes. Um. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be fun. So we're going to go through and answer some questions. Nick has a very special chart reading for a listener who sent in their birthday deets. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk a little bit about traveling with plants that you buy and go through a little bit of like how to package them up, how to set yourself up for success when you're going through TSA, a few things to keep in mind, um, you know, just some helpful hints if anyone has some like travel on their calendar once, you know, we're hopefully able to do that again with some regularity. So <laughs> with that said, I wanted to start with a couple of questions um, that we got recently in response to our birth charts. So this is from my sweetie. And the question is, if we could have any sign in our chart, what and where would it be? Mm. Okay. It's a hard one, right? So, I I mean, I'm kind of taking this question as if I can change one of my least favorite placements to something else. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to read it. Um, Which I would say, no effect. I mean, I feel like no offense to anyone out there that shares this placement because i but i'm not a huge fan of my cancer mars Mm. um i feel like it's um not a super fun placement to have uh and i will leave it at that uh but no it's so it's supposed to say that i'm passive aggressive which uh is maybe too accurate um Maybe rude. Maybe rude. Maybe even. a read. Maybe kind of a read. Uh, <laughs> what when, What would you change it to, though? Oh, I would. I would change it uh, to you know maybe like Aries Mars. You know, like in domicile, something a little uh, more in line with my fiery sun and moon uh, combo. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. I like it. I was thinking. For me, and I do know Scorpios, so this is not like, I'm not pandering, but I've always thought it would be really cool to have a Scorpio sun. Like, Mm. I have the Pisces moon, I have the Aquarius rising, and I love both of those placements. And in a lot of ways, I love my Virgo sun, but I'm just like, I would be able to essentially time travel if I had a Scorpio sun and a Pisces moon. Mm -hmm. Like, the psychic energy there would be stupid. Yeah, you'd be just hovering around. Exactly. So I always, I've always thought that would be fun. Um, so a follow up question to that though is, if we could switch our sun and our moon signs, would you? So be a Sag sun with an Aries moon. Yeah. No way. Same for me. I wouldn't want to be a Pisces with a Virgo moon. I like being a Virgo with a Pisces moon because I just feel like that energy has served me very well. I do like, I do like people with Sagittarius suns though. Yeah, like our good friend Eileen, who was on last week's Wands and Fronds and Friends. So I just wouldn't want to have the Aries moon. Yeah, I think for me, it's like, I guess you have Virgo Ascendant, but Uh I don't know anybody other than one friend who I work with who has 
actually has the reverse. He has a Pisces sun and a Virgo moon. I don't know a lot of Virgo moons. And I don't know. I also just love my Pisces moon. Like my moon being in Pisces in my first house is my favorite thing about my chart. Oh, yeah. She's she's loud. She's real loud. So I wouldn't want to change that. Um, And then this is maybe one of my favorite questions. One of. We have some good ones. If we lived in Salem during the witch trials, what would be the crime that we were burned for? Oh, man. So, I am obviously an animal lover. What? So, I think that I would be uh, the one that got caught for being a witch because I couldn't stay away from my cats. Fair. Very, very obvious familiars. Yeah, very obvious familiars. Um, That would be me. I love that. I think for me, and this is just like knowing who I am, and like, I think Nick can attest to this, I have a really hard time keeping my mouth shut when people make me mad. Mm. And I think as a woman in that era, that would just be what got me killed. <laughs> just being a dick. That's probably why they would be accusing you of being a witch, is just to yeah. get you out of the way. Exactly. They'd be like, this bitch, <laughs> always talking back when we're telling her, it's two shillings for a turnip, you cunt. <laughs> and I'm yelling in the middle of the town square, and then I get burned at the stake. And then you get burned at the stake. <laughs> um, I do have to say, we got one person sent us some lewd remarks. Oh my she- god, a lewd remark. Shout out to our friend Michelle. She said, show us your ankles, you harlot. Well, um, live on this podcast recording, just for you, Michelle, I am, Shannon, can you, uh, I can, can, I can vouch. Confirm that you can see my ankle. Ooh! I'm, I'm rubbing it. It's saucy, y'all. Yeah. It's saucy and mostly hairless. Wow. Yes, it is. Yeah, I love that. You pull that that. sock down, there's that little, you know, it's smooth there. It's smooth. Smooth like a baby (laughs) harlot bottom. (laughs) Um, On that that trend, we got a lewd question. A lewd question. From Kelly. Okay. Uh, If you could fuck a tree, what tree would you fuck? Oh, this is an absolutely fantastic question, Kelly. And, um, wow. Okay, so I'm thinking, okay, this is, this is such a good question. Um, so obviously cypress trees come to mind, um, as, as do willow trees. Yeah. Um... But I do love a good evergreen, too. I feel like that would be very prickly. Yes, very prickly. I mean, that's true. I feel like if we're getting into, like, logistics here. But, I mean, we are in tree-fucking territory, so... Yeah, logistics may have gone out the window. Yeah, I think so. So, my bad. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say cypress tree. Cypress tree. See, I, I thought about it a little bit. And I think I would go with a rowan tree. Okay. Because the Celts called rowan, like, the tree of life. And on that whole, like, kind of wanting to turn into, like, a crazy psychic thing, Mm. I feel like fucking the tree of life would have to imbue you with some powers. Oh, most definitely. Right? So, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go rowan so I can get the special, special powers. Yeah, Shannon's just gonna do everything to get the 
the extra special powers until she Akira's herself. I mean, I, I'm less Akira and more like the brain. I'm just like <laughs> constantly fumbling trying to take over the world. Oh, sure. Um, so we have a couple of questions too from our good friend Shannon. Shout out to Shannon. Shout out to Shannon. I want to I wanna, uh, personally thank Shannon for the bracelet she sent up for my birthday, which is very cute. And what is that, Aventurine? Yeah, Aventurine. It's beautiful. Um, So lovely. And I will post a picture when I can wear it, because uh, I do need to take like four links out, uh, but I'm going to do that when I get home. Um, and we're, yeah, we're doing a little mini chart reading for Shannon as well. Yeah. So. Are we fun? So... Her first question, it's springtime here in Alabama, and that means storms. In the last week or so, we've had several pretty intense storms and a few really devastating tornadoes in the state. So my question is, any recommendations for how to protect from slash harness slash work with the energy of thunderstorms? So kind of a threefold question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say first, the most obvious is like collecting storm water. Mm-hmm. I think you could definitely use that to like add a lot of strength and oomph to spicy. a spell yeah it's spicy it's powerful like you don't you, you like you need a sprinkle mm-hmm. not a cup of storm water and something but i think that that would be a really great thing for maybe like dressing some candles for candle spells or like even adding to like a sweetening jar because i've done that before with like honey jars you know i added some full moon water with some honey for a spell that i did one time and i thought that was really great um for me, I think for protection, though, I would start with trying to, like, get to know local land spirits. I think that would probably be my initial take, I guess, at least with the way that I tend to practice with natural stuff is, like, getting familiar with the spirits of the land that you live on and making offerings and trying to be a good steward. I think those are, I mean, it's, best practices I think in general if you're someone that likes to work with like nature spirits but in particular I think especially with stuff that's like so naturally devastating that would at least be sort of like my initial reaction for protection work I was I was also thinking uh anything with wind chimes would be nice you know you could do like a spell that involves you know i mean a lot of spells involve like bells yeah or chimes you know you know you could uh co-op something like that to be used with wind chimes oh i love that so it gets kind of like charged up as the storm blows in yeah i like that and then as far as like working with the energy of the storms i would say like so i'm i'm gonna talk about this i think a little bit later actually with some of your other questions shannon but i personally do a lot of like moon work and I would look at like what the phase of the moon is in during these storms and then try to identify types of magic that are normally successful then. And I would personally see this like powerful natural energy as being like a big boost to whatever spell work you were doing while the storm was happening during this moon phase. It's kind of like adding an extra layer of like zhuzh. Yes. Yeah. But also, you know, it's like, I think there's probably pretty good reason to, if you are in an area that gets, like, bad storms, you know, do, like, some protection spells for your house against the storms as well, because, like, storms can be very damaging. Yeah, and that's, I think, what I would do with, like, the land spirits. You know, I think you can't can't go straight to them with a request, 
that's not appropriate, but get to know them. And then when you have a good working relationship with them, this is like the perfect type of thing to ask a land yeah, spirit yeah, yeah. for. Um, so yeah, I hope that, I hope that gives you some, some good thoughts, Shannon. Um, so she also had a question when it comes to harvesting things from outside flowers, herbs, etc. Is there anything special you guys do to clean them? I'm always afraid I'm going to bring some outside pests into my indoor plants. And let me say, I get you. That is a real fear. And it's justified. That's a thing that can happen. And it's very important to like, be careful. Um, And this is sort of, I guess, for me, I, I also have to go through this because I live on the West Coast. And Nick, Nick saw, you know, I've moved some of my like pothos and stuff outside for like the spring and summer months and I'll bring them in basically probably by like next January when it's regularly getting in the, uh, below the fifties at night. But when I'm bringing them in, I also have to do this where I go through when I'm bringing in a full plant, you know, I'll very like carefully power wash it essentially with like my water hose, you know, go through and like kind of power wash the leaves a little bit, you know, however much the plant can handle. And then I kind of go through and do an inspection. And when you're bringing in a full plant, I'm pretty tedious about it, but I think you just have to be. And then I would always, always, always recommend doing sort of like a quarantine period before you like put it near your other indoor plants. And so I think you can kind of think about like a pared down version of that when you're harvesting stuff you know it's like spray it down real good and then you know bring it in keep an eye on it but just like I wouldn't bring like fresh herbs from outside and like put them in next to your house plants I think more than anything like leaving room for Jesus between them is probably the safest bet oh sure and I would say also when I find various things out hiking I mean I personally have like a patio that always stays dry That's and idea, I yeah. feel like a lot of things end up out there to kind of like dry out and make sure there's no ants or whatever else hanging out that you don't want in your house. Yeah, that's a really good call. That's a really good call. I think if you have like a space like that, that's also great. Um, and then finally, lastly, I'd love to know more about how you guys bring magical into your mundane lives, like on a daily basis. What are the things y'all do to feel connected to your craft when there isn't always time for a longer, complicated ritual? And Nick, I'll let you answer first, but I have to say, I was so stoked about that question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I even kind of mentioned it in our astrology episode um, when I was just talking about things that I personally do as an Aries. So I do uh, like to think of like manifestations that I would like while I'm working out because that's something I'm already going to be doing. Yeah, that's such a fire sign energy. I love that. Um, and, you know, kind of speaking of that, I also really like to do like almost kind of like meditation while I'm riding my bike and just like feeling the energy in my body and like how it's connected to the rest of the universe and um, really like when you are like out there, I mean, especially on some of those like quiet side streets, it's like it can be very meditative to just ride, be riding your bicycle, which I, which I used to go you know, to and from work. So that's like something I regularly get to do. And, um, but also, I mean, like, 
a lot of the reason I'm into witchcraft is like self-improvement as well so like taking the time if okay so if you're gonna sit down and have a meal at the end of your day and like watch a tv show like there's really nothing wrong with like lighting some candles and incense and like really enjoying the experience yeah like just being fully present like really being fully present and like really just putting in the extra bit of effort to live well yeah and i think very similar to i think um you know for me like nick a lot of my practice is about like self-improvement becoming a better person becoming a better steward of the earth you know trying to live more in line with my ideals um and with that in mind i think it's also important to me that like having a magical practice is also like a practice and discipline you know and like making time to do some things regularly and for me that's i have a very very important morning ritual that i am sometimes more on top of it with than others but i always do try to come back to it and it's like taking time in the morning to sit on the back porch with my tarot deck pull a card write a little entry in my journal and like meditate outside with my tea And that's, like, for me, it makes sense because, like, I'm a morning person. I'm usually the first one up in my house. It's, like, Nick's been here for a few days, and it's, like, literally every day I'm always, like, the one trying to, like, sneak around in the house. It's, like, my time. Um, I'm an insane Virgo morning person. (laughs) And so, for me, it's, like, that's also the time, though, when it's, like, I am alone. And I don't always have that. And I think a lot of people that practice have roommates, have family who lives with them. So I think it's important to try and carve out time that's, like, your own time and also, like, claim it and, like, don't feel bad about having to take time for yourself. So for me, doing a daily tarot draw, um, but also I would say for people that are new to the practice, like, it's very important to also get some sort of, like, protection ritual down that's, like, even if it's just something really small. So for me... I kind of mentioned this on last week's episode, but every morning I make a cup of tea. Like that is like before I check my emails, before I get on Instagram, before I do anything, I get up in the morning, I brush my teeth, I go to the kitchen and I make my tea. And it's it's really important for me as a witch that I'm not doing other stuff before that's happening. You know, it's like, this is sort of my time to process any dreams I've had, to like try and get myself centered for the day. And then I do grounding while I'm like stirring in like my collagen powder and my honey into my tea. I do like grounding and then I stir in intentions for the day into my teacup. And then, you know, I like thank the earth and everything. And like, you know, then I move on to my back porch sort of ritual, pull my tarot card, do my journal. I think those are the most regular ways that I kind of like work it into my mundane life. Um, But also like a bath. Baths are magic. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you can do so much magic in a bath, like a little meditation, and it's like, it's still less complicated than a whole spell. It's like, for me, like, full disclosure, I probably only do like a big spell like once every quarter. Like, I'm not regularly pulling out an entire like ritual. That's just not, I think most people don't. I think Instagram makes it look like that's all that witchcraft is, but Mm -mm. at least the witches I know 
aren't doing big spells all the time. So I also would just say, like, don't let the internet lie to you if, if you if you feel like other people are doing spells more often than you. They're probably just taking a bunch of pictures when they do one spell and posting it over time. <laughs> also also fair. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the, the bath thing is definitely a big one. I mean, because I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying in that it's something that is so enjoyable. Yeah. And, but also, even if you're not doing magic, you need a bath. You do need a bath. I mean, yeah, everyone needs to clean themselves. Everyone, I mean, it, you can clean yourself in the shower. No, you need a bath because everyone needs to relax. Yeah, well, I know not everybody loves baths though. Eric hates baths. I, I, I personally always need a bath, but there are some people. I just don't get it. Some people are vehemently anti-bath, but we're clearly very pro-bath. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for them. <laughs> Bless their hearts. So I have a few more questions to run through. Some of these are, are kind of like quick fire, Nick. So what are your fave ways to practice with the Fae, if you do? Oh, I actually, okay. So when I go to therapy, which is on Thursdays, I it's Therapy Thursday. I know. I also just love that this is how the story starts. <laughs> when I go to therapy, which, hey, Plug here, again, also another, like, Monday thing that's very magical. Mental health. Um, but when I go to therapy, I have been going on these nature walks near my house. Um, yeah. Because there's all these little trails and all these little side trails. Uh, and I have found this little bubbling spring near my house, which just seems a buzz to me with fae-like energy. And so I just like to go there, honestly, and just chill with the tiny little fish and just enjoy the cool breeze off the water. And, um, but no, I like to, I like to sit and visit because that's really the best thing I feel, you know, it's like respectfully. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, for me, I don't really, at this point in working with the Fae, I'm not asking them for things. Like, I'm just honoring them and thanking them. So Nick got to see my little, like, crystal, like, hanging. It's, like, not a wind chime because they don't clank together, but it's not really a chandelier because that's too dramatic for it. I've got a little crystal hanging that I made for them. It's like a crystal mobile. Yeah, that's perfect. Crystal mobile. And it's like, I think that for me, it's very important to also be very clear to the Fae that these are gifts for them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I have that out. I have a wind chime because they love bells and things like that. But I just mentioned on last week's episode, this book, um, Fairy Craft by Morgan Gomler. And one thing that's on my like list of magical to do's is she suggests like getting to know your house spirit because like everyone has a house spirit. No matter whether your house is, like, super old or super new, you know, and, like, in an apartment complex, it might be, like, spirits of the complex. But because these, like, otherworldly spirits are so innately tied to, like, the space you occupy, there's, the suggestion is to, like, get to know those spirits first before you venture into, like, creating more connections with, like, the land spirits and the fae around. Because typically, the theory is house spirits are more often, like, 
just wanting to do good for you and like wanting the place to be healthy and happy and functional because they're spirits of a specific house. So right. that's on my like magic to do list. See, I, I feel like, yeah, I would definitely bring little gifts or something if it wasn't like a public land area. That's fair. That's fair. I should definitely qualify that. Like, I think, um, be aware of like your local ordinances. No, because I mean, <laughs> honestly, I, I, I was like, I, I have thought because honestly, I have thought it would be really neat to bring some like aquarium furniture out there, some like little houses, or, like some little, little stuff. But like, I know if I brought it out there, the park rangers would just clean it up. Yeah, or it would just get. <laughs> snagged or it would just get snagged <laughs> yeah okay so fave self-love meditation or practice okay so we i have just been talking about baths but my favorite self-care practice is totally a bath i mean but it's like for a self-care bath i really do recommend going all out with it and you at least need to put a little bit of your body wash in the water for aroma reasons like it's got to smell good oh yeah that's i'm always putting i always put essential oils in mine personally essential like, oils is I'm like a bath bomb ho. a bath bomb i mean honestly a bath bomb is like usually what i would get um a scented lotion yeah there are lots of things you probably have around your house you could make a delicious smelling bath with yes some herbs that you harvest mm -hmm. some, uh, some chamomile tea yes tea so many chamomile teas are like you open them up and there's flowers in there if they're good if they're good yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that a bath I do I mean I think for me a bath is way up there but also when I'm doing like my morning like tea ritual mm, mm -hmm. there's often some sort of like self love like affirmation in there because you know I am a woman human living in the 21st century that is also like everyone bombarded with messaging that I'm terrible and no good and not enough and so just like everyone, I often feel like hot garbage about myself. And I think part of like magic is like, you have to recognize that like you're your most powerful tool and you have to take care of it. And if you don't feel good about yourself, your magic's going to be shit. So if you're one of those people that has a hard time with self-love, for a very practical reason, your magic's not going to be good without it. So, you know. Um, how do you connect, Nick, or or reconnect to your intuition? How do I reconnect my intuition? Because we all fall out, I think, sometimes. I, I, honestly, and it is so bad for me when I do, because as a fire sign, like, I run on intuition. So it's, like, bad news if I, like, do not have it, because really I just stop. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, when I am clogged in that way like i really find that like isolating mm. like shutting down because i mean honestly it's like and i'm very sensitive i feel to like outside stimulus and input and like yeah like coming back to center is really only possible if you are i mean if i'm being honest with myself like that's something I can only do alone. Yeah. Like, so yeah, being alone. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, um, and this is like, so Virgo, I just talked about, right, like my morning practice, drawing my tarot card and stuff. 
But I do notice for me, I tend to get like my natural tendency is to checklist things. So it's like I drew my card. I wrote my two sentences. I'm done. Check. Keep moving instead of like actually taking the time to sit there. And when I'm really busy, it will get to the point where I'm not actually sitting and really getting in touch with myself in the morning when I'm doing that. Um, and often my tarot deck will yell at me about it before I notice it because my tarot deck is um, not the nicest. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, but <laughs> you go to tarot to hear the truth. You go I to do. oracle decks to like feel good. Feel good. <laughs> um, but for me, when that happens, it's just really important. I mean, I do think being alone, but for me, and I'm sure for lots of people, I just know I have a tendency to like overload my to-do lists. And it's like, I have to begin radically practicing saying no or saying this can wait. And that is like hugely important and impossible sometimes to say no to things. But like the reality is if I don't take things off my plate, I can't do anything with any sort of meaning or intention behind it. Right. And so that's sort of, it's like how I make space to reconnect is I just have to take stuff off the to-do list. And I was talking to Nick about this before he got here. You know, I had, I've had some family things going on and, you know, so for me it was like, oh, I just have to keep busy. And I had all this stuff that I was going to get done before Nick got here. And then I realized it's like, wait a second, this is my anxiety. This is not me being like in touch with my intuition and being in flow this is not happy me. This is not healthy. This is also not important. Nick would not have noticed if I had not pointed out that like my entertainment center wasn't dusted. I still have not noticed that. Yeah. I haven't spent a lot of time snooping around your entertainment center. True. So I think that, I mean, and I know that there's a lot of people that I know that have that similar tendency to me. It's like, Oh yeah. And so when I noticed that happening, Oh, you should have seen me. You should have seen me yelling at my roommate when y'all were coming around Christmas time. Uh, I mean, because I was like, look, I know it's fake. We're just going to do it <laughs> for the one time. No, because I never have people over. Yeah. Because I have like literally moved into this apartment and everything in the middle of a pandemic. So it's like you guys are obviously like automatically part of my bubble regardless but it's like yeah no one's really come over so i was like no we're having like people over like other humans that not ha- us. That, like this is the civilization yeah has to happen yeah and it's just so easy for you know it's like if it's work if it's your hobbies if it's your side hustle i mean mm-hmm. you know there's always so much stuff that starts happening and that's i feel like like the capitalist system is the opposite of what being an intuitive witch is about. Right. And so it's like, I think that's one of the best parts about the practice though, is like the necessity for our craft to like pause because we do not exist in a culture where that is valued. And honestly, like doing this podcast has been so good for me because I have to listen to this advice. Yep so often that it really is helping me become like more ingrained in those ways yeah because it's like i literally cannot be telling people it's like you need to take time to breathe and be alone and then turn around and do like the exact opposite because yeah 
honestly, I mean, that's that's really the instinct. Yeah, it's it's the instinct that we've been groomed into. Uh-huh. The instinct to like overload your plate yep. and look the other way. And it's fine if you die as long as you're productive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I think that that was a very long answer to a short question, but I think it's important. And I do have to say the podcast has been great because like, I don't want to be a fucking hypocrite. No. <laughs> so yes. it's like, I'm not going to like tell y'all something that I don't actually believe, but I am also just a human. And so I know that we all need the reminder, including us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and you know, especially when we're doing the research about the sabbaths yeah like where you know a lot of that is really like you need to like do emotional house cleaning and (sighs) think about your intentions for the the upcoming season and it's like whoa i have to think about my intentions for the upcoming season yeah (laughs) it's like for me the more i've started really working closely with the moon the more i'm just like holy fuck time won't stop no it It just keeps coming but then it's like it's both terrifying but then also a good reminder of like the beauty of witchcraft Mm -hmm. is that like you just remember that you're part of something so much bigger than yourself because like America cap American capitalism is like the individual is all that matters and witchcraft is like the individual does not matter right <laughs> it's like the whole um an- another great follow-up question to this uh new moon or full moon preference Ooh, okay so I like the full moon I think the full moon has very chaotic energy that goes on behind it. Um, I mean, I think the new moon is, like, a little more solemn and, like, a little more, like, work. Like, new moon is, like, the working moon. Like, full moon is, like, the party moon. It's party wolf. It's party wolf. <laughs> I'm also a full moon gal because I noticed, even before I was doing, like, really intentional, like, lunar magic, when I started tracking the lunar phases, like in my journal with my tarot, I am so low energy around the new moon. But then, you know, some of the more reading I've done, it makes sense. I was born on a full moon. So like, I feel physically also the most energized at the new moon. I always like, even right now, it's like, I'm, we're getting close to the new moon. It's getting a little harder for me to get up in the morning. I'm having a harder time with my motivation so it's like number one new moons are beautiful and big and fun to look at new moons are like a reminder that you got work to do but also i'm fucking tired usually (laughs) around the new moon um and then the last question is fave uses for moon water and how often do you remember to collect okay so this is another kind of like new moon versus full moon question because I almost always remember to get my full moon water. Yeah. And I almost never remember to get new moon water. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, I think for me, I really love using like moon water in tea. And Mm. again, it's like, I also find full moon stuff much easier to remember. I, I very often remember new moon water unless I'm like particularly busy 
New Moon, I almost never collect water for, which is, you know, I probably could work on that. But I also just, like, use Full Moon water for more magical purposes. Like, I'm more often trying to harness that energy in my magical work. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So, you know. I, but I'm not perfect. I very, I, I frequently forget, like we all do. Um, we're all just doing our best in a world that doesn't want us to be witches. Yeah, and uh, honestly, it's like I have a little spot um, with the full moon where when I put my little jar out, it's like you can see the perfect reflection of the moon down there. Oh my god, you should try scrying in that. Uh, I mean, that's not a terrible idea because that would be... Like the primo spot. That to would do be it. both dope and fresh. But you can like see the moon in the jar, and you like, should ask her to tell you her secrets. Lit- okay, literally though. Next full moon. <sighs> when I have been tripping on small amounts of mushrooms, it like looks like the moon is actually in the jar, and that is delightful. That's amazing. Well, that's so that's the end of the questions, but I do want to say um, I talked to a great listener, um, LD, about this not too long ago at Panera Bread. An ex-baker was fired, she says, for practicing paganism. And it's just bullshit. The story, and I'm saying she says for this basically for legal reasons because they're in court right now, so everything is alleged. I believe her. Um, you know, basically her manager at the time was like, told her she'd like, she cut her hours and told her she'd get more when she found God. And like the woman kept trying to go to HR and like, as she was going up the rung, like nobody was helping. And this is, um, a franchise location, but corporate didn't step in to help. And I think it's just important to like, number one, remember that this shit happens. It's very easy, um, living in LA for me at least, to be like, oh no, it's so easy to be a witch everywhere. And then I do things like go home and I'm like, oh fuck, it's not. So number one, like big, big, big love to all of our witches that are in small places or places where it's still very scary that you could like lose your job for being a witch. Um, But also as far as things that we can do, number one, there is a phone number for Panera's, uh, it is, let me find it, hold on. Sorry. So there is an ethics hotline for Panera LLC. If you'd like to grab a pen, I'm going to give you that phone number. It is 1-888-840-4151. Please feel free to give them a call and let them know that you think it is highly unethical for them to allow someone to be fired for their religious beliefs, because fuck that noise. Uh, It's capitalism. We vote with our dollar. I fully support no longer eating at Panera Bread until this is resolved at the very least. Um, but also, if you are the type of person to light candles in support of people, I would like to invite everybody, maybe on the next full moon, to light a candle for this witch in the hopes that she's successful in her fight against Panera Bread. And I will maybe post a reminder on our Instagram because it's bullshit. It sucks. It's a huge violation of all of her religious liberties. And 
I just, and LD like really pointed out, she was like, you know, we were just talking about the Morrigan <laughs> and like how there's like so much shit going on and it's like a call to arms. And it was like, yeah, this feels like an instance where it's like, hey, capitalism doesn't actually give a fuck about you. And they pander to Christians because there's just a lot more of them visible. Than yeah, they're us. loud. They're very fucking loud. They're very loud people. But yeah, and thank you, LD, for like bringing that to my attention. Fuck that shit. But also, and I'll I'll post a reminder. I think full moon's a good time to do it. We can all just light a candle for this woman in hopes that she has a very successful lawsuit because that is some bullshit. And with that, I turn it over to you, Nicholas. Are, are we? This is for the uh, the chart reading now. Yeah. Is, this, is that is that where we're at? I think that's where we're at. That's where we're at. I'm I'm really excited about this. I just have to say. Um, also, Shannon is a an incredibly talented jewelry maker. She is like gifted us both pieces. And Shannon, I will look into it. But if you have like your website up yet for you to sell your jewelry, let us know and we'll post it because. Oh yeah, we will definitely be doing a shout out for that because because it is... it's so good, it's beautiful, and we're not just saying that; like, it's genuinely also beautiful jewelry. Yeah, and so I think we've got the one from Shannon when Ivan. I don't know if you posted that on the story or if you posted it on the page. I think I posted it on the page, but we should also post yours. Yeah, maybe we'll just post both. Yeah. Uh, but anywho, so Shannon's great, and Shannon did write in some of the questions tonight. And actually, so when we were doing the astrology through the signs, which, you know what, this is a Q&A episode. I feel like it has a bit of a looser feel. Yeah. So I'm just going to say it wasn't one of our more popular episodes. Which we were both surprised by. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so. So give us your feedback. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I actually really liked that. Let us know. If you're listening to this and you're also like, no, I didn't like it. Please also let us know. Like, we just want to know how people are uh, responding to stuff. Anywho. Uh, but no, so I had mentioned that we could do a little mini reading for her. And so I was decided I'm just going to do it on the show. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited because Shannon is like tops. So, I mean, I don't want to do um, anything too, like, emotionally in-depth. Yeah, yeah. That feels like you, we don't want to blow up her spot. We don't want to blow up her spot. No. Uh, but actually, so there's some ve- there's some very interesting placements here um, that I think are worth pointing out. Um, and that is, we definitely have like a Capricorn stellium. Ooh, oh my god, I love Capricorns. Uh, you do. I mean, you're married to a Capricorn, of course. All of my celebrity crushes are Capricorns. I have a thing. Shannon, I must have a thing for you. So, but yes, yeah, so we've got the sun... Venus, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, all in Capricorn. Holy shit, that's like a stellium. That's like a very serious stellium. Uh, so yeah, like huge Capricorn energy. I'm obsessed this, with from that. this one. You know, uh, Taylor Swift almost has this this same the same stellium because it's huh. a lot of those like, I mean, uh, 1989. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff in Capricorn. That was a cap-heavy year. That makes sense. Um, And yeah, so, I mean, it's actually really beautiful. Like, they called this particular Capricorn conjunction where everything was there, like, part of the, like, gateway to the indigo 
children. Oh my god, yes please. Yeah, like the gateway to the indigo was like this huge conjunction in Capricorn. Before everything switched over to Aquarius, uh-huh. right? Okay. Yeah. Because we're Aquarian babies. We are. Um. So yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting to kind of be in like the gateway the gateway generation i love i love the idea of being born in such an intensely liminal space yes but okay one of the main things i do see here though is like a conjunction between the moon and jupiter okay and it's in the 12th house which jupiter likes to be in the 12th house um but it's the moon and jupiter and taurus we've got more of that like very earthy energy like no wonder i like her like so much earthy energy but also so i was kind of looking into this placement um you know because the 12th house first of all is one that a lot of people tie to the occult and so shannon of course is a fan of this podcast and is a practicing witch um and so i think that's kind of a no-brainer to have two very powerful placements there i love that um but also so this is kind of the one where i'm like i don't want to get too emotionally in depth but having your moon in the 12th house um kind of indicates someone that has had to live with a lot of trauma oh i could see that um and having the jupiter conjunction is actually what kind of leads the person down that road to like self improvement uh, which is like because that's kind of like a tricky placement like a moon in the 12th house so yeah. when you because jupiter is like a what they call a benefic mm-hmm. so like jupiter is like good vibes yeah so it's like jupiter is helping to balance out because someone uh with their moon in this placement might struggle from holding on to whatever has traumatized them in the past uh and this jupiter is kind of there to like allow them to move through it um i love that it's kind of like a lifeline yeah it's definitely like a lifeline it's like a self-help lifeline Um, which is like the best for witches which really is like the best for witches and like you know, with it, with Saturn well out of the way of this conjunction, it's like it's very much okay. Like, uh, yeah. So, but Saturn, you know, Saturn's kind of in that locked up in that stellium too. So that's that's interesting. But also another very interesting placement in this chart is Mars in Aries in the 28th degree. So that's very late degrees. That means this is a very developed placement. Mm. So that means that Shannon, I actually, I'm looking at this and I'm seeing like the Venus in Capricorn and I'm seeing the Mars in Aries and I'm thinking like very stubborn. Mm, okay, I could see that from that. I'm feeling like, like maybe, uh, a little bit of sympathy for for their partner and i feel like uh shannon has mentioned being married yeah shannon are you a are you a bit headstrong uh, yeah <laughs> so I'm, I'm i'm sensing uh like a bit of very i say a bit like a lot of very headstrong energy um but i mean i i'm thinking with this like venus and capricorn that you have to have found someone who is strong enough to deal with it 
Yeah. Uh, so that's probably good. That's promising. Let's see what what house are we in with all of that? Uh, oh, so yeah, I mean, you have like this huge stellium in your seventh house, which is like a pretty good indicator for for marriage. Uh, yeah, I think I have a lot in my seventh house too, right? I, yeah, yeah, I do. I have well, I have my sun and Mercury in my seventh. Yeah, because I'm like my twelfth is just my Saturn Aquarius. But what is in my just oh, comparing Shannon because I, we're obsessed with you, so I'm trying to figure out how good of friends we're going to be forever. <laughs> but also, um, like the Merc- this Mercury retrograde in Aquarius, y'all both have your Mercuries in retrogrades. That's true. Um, we're retrograde babies. But also, I do love like the Mercury in Aquarius kind of breaking up, not the monotony of the Capricorn stellium, but I mean, it's kind of interesting to have everything in everything else but your mercury and your sun sign yeah it's kind of like uh it's like a little spice on top yeah it's 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 the spice zesty it's <laughs> yeah. very that zesty the mercury like in that. aquarius is very zesty and i i definitely see that in like the uh obscure anime references such as your cat's name um which is funny we both have cats named after anime characters because her cat is called Shin after Shin Chan and my cat is called Faye Valentine her full name is Faye Valentine like from Cowboy Bebop because I got her around Valentine's Day and uh, she's a little trickster like the Faye so Faye Valentine oh my god that's so cute uh well you and Shannon are married now now we're married I think we're all married I think we're in some kind of like Shannon, I hope your partner doesn't mind that you're married to two podcasters now. Also, I, I think we're all married to each. I mean, you know, uh, we're sister wives. Aw, sister wives. Yeah. A plus plus. A plus 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 plus. Well, I hope I hope you liked. I mean, it's just, I just a mini yeah, chart. Yeah, a little mini chart reading, and I think that was fun. And yeah, any other listeners who want Nick to do this for them, hit him up, and then maybe yeah, it's like. Shannon, if you have more in-depth questions, you can always message us or email us, and I'm sure Nick will be happy to, like, clarify anything. I I think it's obviously we want to be careful about, like, preserving some of your, like, personal information, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Although I will say, uh, Gemini Rising is not what I was expecting. No, yeah, that is surprising to me. Um, I mean, also... We haven't spoken. We haven't spoken to Shannon. That is the weirdest thing about, like, podcasts and, like, listeners to the podcast is, like, it feels like y'all are our friends. Uh Uh-huh. But we haven't actually, like, spoken with any of you. Because I'm I'm willing to bet that maybe if and when we ever actually, like, talk talk, that that would be where the Gemini Rising would come out. Oh, I bet. Surely. Well, then that's something for another day. Maybe we'll have to do, like, a like live Q&A at some point on, like, the Instagram and have listeners come on and talk to us. I don't know. Let us know what y'all are interested in. We love y'all. Um, okay, and then last thing. So my heart is breaking because Nick is leaving tomorrow. Um, but with that said, that means Nick has some plants to get home. Mm-hmm. And we thought this would be kind of a cool, like, little mini thing to talk about and, like, kind of walk through a little bit with y'all. Um, because it is kind of a thing to travel with plants. So, and it's not impossible. It's really not. 
you just have to be careful and you have to like look at the regulations. So for other listeners in California, we're going to be the most fucked because it's very hard to bring plants into California. There's a reason that you'll see a lot of like online plant sellers that won't ship to California. Um, They have to ship either like their route or they have to go through like an approval process with the state for the soils and stuff that they're using because agriculture is so big here. They're very like concerned about Mm -hmm. plant pathogens. Um, But you know, most of the country is not like that. And Texas is one of those countries that is not like that. So Nick has picked up a small collection on vacation. Um, So we've got a couple of different type of peperomia, some string of turtles, which y'all, we found a big ass thing of string of turtles for $25 and Nick and I like split it up. Uh, String of turtles are usually so expensive, but like Mickey's, uh, Mickey Hargate plants in Hollywood, y'all, anybody who lives in LA, run, don't walk. (laughs) Like, it's so good. So my first advice is if you're buying plants on vacation, think small. Yeah, which is what we've done. What, what, these are like little two ounce pots that everything is in. Yeah, these are little like, these are basically little grow pot, like grow pots initially. Like they're kind of like the smallest nursery pots that you can find. Um, And I always think that like, you know, these are a great deal anyway. You know, it's like if you are new to plants or you don't have a lot of space, you know, there's a million reasons that getting these like really baby tiny plants can be a lot of fun. Also, they're fucking cute. They are. They're I mean, very They're twee. very cute. Um, I hope that they are all friends with each other. They are. So first things first, you're going to want to make sure that all of the soil is at least a little damp. Now, it doesn't need to be soaking. All of these like small pots have good drainage, but it being damp is going to keep the soil from falling out all over the place in your bag. So it's... It's a practical thing. Um, You'll notice a lot when like plants are shipped, sometimes they'll water them right before because they don't know if they'll get like stuck in the post or something. That's not why you're doing it here. You're doing it here to try and like keep as much soil in the pot as possible. So then you won't often hear me recommending single use plastics. Um, I'm pretty staunchly against them. However, this is one case where there's not really a good substitute for saran wrap. So the next thing you're going to do is you're going to get to the base of your plant and you're going to wrap saran wrap around the base of the plant to totally cover the soil. And then I usually wrap it all the way around the pot, but I don't wrap it to the bottom. Like that way there's still a place for the plant to get some oxygen because you don't want to totally strangle the root system. Especially if, you know, like us, you're doing this tonight. We're doing it the night before because Nick's flying out in the morning. Um, So I'll take a little, like, I guess I can take a picture. Like, I'm doing this first with, like, a Hoya Carii that he's taking home. Like, this little, cute little Hoya. And, yeah, so you can kind of see I've built a little package for it, essentially. Um, And that's what we're going to go through and do with all of these plants. So there's a Euphorbia. There's a polka dot plant. There's a little Pilea peperomioides. There's a Sansevieria samurai sword, um, Peperomia frost. I forget what the name of this Peperomia is. And then 
your Sansevieria Cylindrica. Which, oh my gosh, I am so excited for these. I am too. So another thing I'm going to do is take a cutting of the Sansevieria. Um, I decided I would do it while Nick was awake instead of waiting until he was asleep because I want to be honest with my podcast partner. So to take a cutting of a Sansevieria, you always, number one, need to be very careful that you remember which side is up. They will not root from the top. So I'm going to take, if it's okay with you, Nick, a one from each, a cutting one from each side. Or do you want me to take? Is what, that okay? I mean, uh, whatever, whatever like you think each. is going to work. Okay. So when you're taking a cutting of a Sansevieria, and the Cylindrica is a good example, you're going to kind of like get close to the bottom of the soil, and you want to do like one quick snip. Don't like hack at it. Get yourself some sharp scissors. That way you're not doing a lot of damage to the plant. And so I'm just going to take two stems so I can grow my my new plant out of this. And the cool thing about Sansevieria is once you do that, what I'm going to do next is go through and cut into pieces. Remember where the bottom is and put the bottoms of them all into soil because the bottom of it, they can all grow new roots and plants so by taking two i'll be able to get like a slightly more full plant like this so um i'll kind of like maybe i'll post a few pictures to kind of explain what i'm talking about but i just thought that would be a fun little like tie in here at the end because that's something personally i really would love to be able to do more plant shopping when i travel but i live in california and it's a pain in the ass so i can't but when people come visit me I can help them travel with plants because it's so much fun. Um, But also propagating is great because it's a good way to like share plants. And we're also going to take a cutting of a string of hearts of my string of hearts for Nick and also my Monstera adansonii. And if you're traveling with cuttings, the best way to do that is we're going to wrap the bottom of all of the cuttings in damp paper towel. We're going to just like wrap that in a little bit of twine and then put all of the cuttings in one bag. And I have like a reusable plastic bag we'll send you with. So that's just a few like fun little like quick and dirty tips for traveling with new plants. Which we love. Which we love. We all so, love a new plant. So is this, um, this one, is this ready to go into my bag? Yeah, that's ready to here? go in your bag from there. So do we need, are, are we going to put anything in there to like soften it up around my leaves? Yeah. Or? So for this one in particular, the Hoya Carii have these like meaty leaves. We'll want to like maybe wrap like a sock around it or something mm-hmm. and we can like figure it out when we're stacking it. But you just want to like keep an eye on making sure that it's something, you know, number one, that you have a lot of good control over. I think Nick, you mentioned you're going to be putting most of them in your backpack because you can keep that upright. Yes. And so, you know, it's just about uh, careful packing, um, but also just knowing what the plant needs but are. I'm thinking you could still have like a layer of shirts and stuff down in the bottom. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And we'll wrap them all up tonight and we'll let them like fully drain out in this cardboard box just mm. so you don't get any more moisture into your bag. No, the, I mean, the bag is fine. The well, ba- no, but I mean like on your clothes or whatever in yeah, the bag. Yeah. So yeah, that's how we'll, that's how we'll set you up. Well, this is going to be, this is going to be great. And I really, yeah, when we get off of here, um, getting some post 
getting home instructions for a couple of these guys. Yeah, we were talking, we might, like, cover some of these in upcoming episodes so we can, like, you know, uh, talk through a little bit of the care. And on that note, you know, this is a Q&A episode, but you don't have to wait until a Q&A episode to ask us stuff. Um, I'd love to hear from y'all if there's, like, any type of plant that you're interested in hearing about or you'd mm-hmm. like for us to, co- to cover, let us know. Um, same thing with like magic topics. If there's anything you guys are interested in, hit us up. We're always like happy to take suggestions. I mean, there's infinite possibilities. So don't worry. We're going to be gabbing at you forever. But, you know, we'd love to make sure it's stuff y'all want to hear about too. So you can send those to wandsandfronspod at gmail.com or to us on Instagram, which is at wandsandfronspod. Um, rate, review, subscribe, download which is hilarious and surprisingly important. Um, Download the episode. We really appreciate it. And yeah, also reach out if you want to know where to send bags of rubies. If you'd like to send us cuttings of your plants, you can always send me cuttings to California. I can't have like plants and soil are very difficult, but I'm super stoked to do a cuttings exchange with anybody. I know I've offered this before, but I'm offering it again. And, um, you know, what, I mean, is that it? I think that's it. Yeah. Well, gosh. Happy birthday to me. Um, I have turned 20. Yeah, Nick is turning 26. 26. He's a bright, young, bushy-tailed 26. That's not true. But he's <laughs> he has had a wonderful birthday. It's been so good to have you in LA. I'm like going to cry all day tomorrow at work. I'm gonna I'm gonna cry on the plane. It's gonna be such a bummer. I hate you it. You can't drink on planes still. Oh, I'm so sorry. What's the point of a plane without a cocktail? You're telling me. <laughs> Why did I pay to upgrade to the window seat if I'm not gonna be completely hammered when I look down on the desert? It's like they don't know anything about travel. Certainly. Literally not. Well, to all the bitches out there. Blessed be, bitches. Blessed be, bitches. Goodbye. Bye now. Thing is, I do all the editing. I could always do that if I wanted.